0: Chapters 5 and 6 of the Life and Doctrine of Saint Catherine of Genoa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulet. The Life and Doctrine of Saint Catherine of Genoa. Chapters 5 and 6. Chapter 5. During the first four years after she had received the sweet wound from her lord, she performed many penances and mortified all her senses. She deprived her nature of all that it desired and obliged it to take what it disliked. She wore haircloth and ate no meat nor fruit of any kind, whether fresh or dry. And being by nature courteous and affable, she did great violence to herself by conversing as little as possible with her relatives when they visited her without any respect to herself or to them and if any one was surprised by it she took no notice she practiced great austerity in sleeping lying down on sharply pointed things as soon as she determined to do anything she never felt any temptation to the contrary the fire within was so great that she took no account of exterior things relating to the body although she neglected no necessary work, and no temptations except those of her natural inclinations could affect her. This was the case throughout her whole afterlife. She so resisted her natural inclinations that they were completely destroyed. Temptations like insects could not approach the flames of pure love enkindled in her heart. Her eyes were always cast down. During the first four years of her conversion, she spent six hours daily in prayer, for such was the obedience of her body to the spirit, that it dared not rebel, although it suffered keenly. And she thus fulfilled in herself the words, Cormaeum, et caro meo, exulta in deum vivum. During these first four years, the interior fire that was consuming her produced such extreme hunger, and so quickly did she digest her food that she could have devoured iron she comprehended that this desire for food was something supernatural. She was also unable to speak, except in so low a tone, as scarcely to be understood, so powerful was her interior feeling. Most of the time she appeared like one beside herself, for she neither spoke, nor heard, nor tasted, nor valued anything in the world, neither did she look at anything. Yet she lived in subjection to everyone, and was always more inclined to do the will of others than her own. And it is remarkable, that although God even in the beginning made her perfect by infused grace, so that she was at once, entirely purified in her affections, illuminated and peaceful in her intellect, and transformed in all things by his sweet love, yet it was the will of God, that the divine justice should be observed in the mortification of all her senses which, although they were already mortified, so far as regarded the consent to any natural inclinations, even the slightest, yet the Lord allowed her to see what these were, and therefore she very carefully opposed them. She was sometimes asked, when practicing such mortification of all her senses, why are you doing this? And she answered, I do not know, but I feel myself interiorly and irresistibly drawn to do so, and I believe that this is the will of God. But it is not his will that I should have any object in it. And it seemed indeed to be the truth, for at the end of four years, all these mortifications ended, so that if she still wished to practice them, she could no longer do so. At that time, listening one day to a sermon in which the conversion of Mary Magdalene was narrated, she heard a voice in her heart saying, I understand. And by her correspondence with the preaching, she perceived her conversion to have been like that of Magdalene. Chapter 6 After the four years above mentioned, her mind became clear and free, and so filled with God that nothing else ever entered into it. At Mass, and instructions, her bodily senses were closed, but interiorly, in the divine light, she saw and heard many things, being wholly absorbed in secret delights, and it was not in her power to do otherwise. It is wonderful, with all this interior occupation, God did not allow her to depart from the usual order. Whenever it was needful, she returned to her accustomed mode of life, answered the questions put to her, and thus she gave no cause of complaint to any one. She was sometimes so lost in the sense of divine love, that she was obliged to hide herself, for she was like one dead. In order to escape such a condition, she endeavored to remain in the company of others, and said to her, Lord, I wish not, O sweet love, for that which proceeds from thee, but for thyself alone. She wished to love God without soul and without body, and unsustained by them, with a direct, pure, and sincere love. But the more she shunned these consolations, the more her Lord bestowed them upon her. Sometimes she was found in a remote place, prostrate on the earth, her face covered with her hands, so completely lost in the sweetness of divine love, that she was insensible to the loudest cry. At other times, she would walk back and forth, as if lost to herself, and following the attraction of love. Sometimes, when she had been thus lifeless for the space of six hours, she would be aroused suddenly by the voices of persons calling her, and attend to their smallest wants, for she abandoned as hateful all right to self. On these occasions she came forth from her retirement, with a glowing countenance, like a cherub ready to exclaim, Who will separate me from the love of God? With all the other words of that glorious apostle. Her love once said to her interiorly, My daughter, observe these three rules, namely, Never say I will or I will not. Never say mine, but always ours. Never excuse yourself, but always accuse yourself. Moreover, he said to her, When you repeat the hour, Father, take always for your maxim, fiat volens tua, that is, may his will be done in everything that may happen to you, whether good or ill. From the Hail Mary take the word, Jesus, and may it be implanted in your heart, and it will be a sweet guide and shield to you in all the necessities of life. And from the rest of scripture, always take for your support this word, love. With which you will go on your way direct, pure, light, watchful, quick, enlightened, without erring, yet without a guide or help from any creature. For love needs no support, being sufficient to do all things without fear. Neither does love ever become weary, for even martyrdom is sweet to it. And finally, this love will consume all the inclinations of the soul and the desires of the body for the things of this life. End of chapters 5 and 6